I don't think we've met before, but I'm the referee on this field. If you're working as an accountant and you lose your job, nobody really notices. Leinster could offer me five mil a year, I wouldn't go. <laughs> it is Tommy Moore! Robbie Robbie Weekly. Little reverse pass, and oh! Hello and welcome to the 42 Rugby Weekly. Hope everybody is ticking along okay. Gavin Casey here in studio in Cork and I'm joined for the first of a new three-part series by Murray Kinsella of the 42.e. How are you? Good, thanks, Gav. The nice weather outside, though, is really making me pine for a, a game of rugby even more. Uh, you kind of think of those lovely uh, days where it's turned into summer and uh, the weather's perfect for a good game of ball. Um so yeah, missing games definitely, but still managing to get through it. Um, how's all your end? I can't complain. Thanks a million, Murray. All good here. Bernard Jackman, you're going to help us pick our front five for the Lions tour to South Africa in 2021. It's over a year away, but to be fair, pandemic or no pandemic, I think this is around the time where people start to cast their eyes towards the next tour. Uh, delighted to have you join us. How are things on your end? All good. Looking forward to trying to... Trying to put together a draft selection here. Um, I definitely prefer to look forward and look back on on old games. So yeah, it's going to be it's going to be interesting uh, to see who we all think are are, are nailed on or are online to to go to South Africa, which is obviously uh, you know that's the memory I have, the best memory I have of the, of the Lions tour is it's probably the '97 one, you know. And I know they've been back there since, but uh, I think it is special. I think the way South African people. Um, you know, they, they take to the Lions concept and uh, given obviously what's happened at the moment, you know, I think the game will need something like that to, I suppose, to, to rebuild and, and re-engage people um, around rugby. So it's, it's coming at the right time. It certainly is. It's going to be an absolutely incredible summer when you consider it's looking like it'll run parallel with the Olympics as well next year. Uh, there was probably a, a time... I don't know, was it maybe just after 2005 where the Lions had taken an absolute tonking in New Zealand? But I, I sort of vaguely recall it happening in advance of the last South Africa tour and probably in advance of Australia in 2013, if not so much the most recent tour of New Zealand, where I guess the naysayers became a little bit more prevalent, more prominent, be they people who weren't really all that interested in rugby anyway and were just saying this is a bit of a cash grab, what's the point of it? And also people who are interested in rugby who would have made the point that it's just um, nearly an insurmountable task when you consider player welfare and things like that and the amount of effort the players have to put into it during a summer that would other, they would otherwise have off or play fewer games. Um, has the concept to you, Murray, kind of been uh, resurrected in a way or, or does it seem like a more sustainable thing now again just based off the back of probably the most recent three tours where... In each of them, there were at least a couple of test games that were just absolutely compelling viewing, whether you're into rugby or not. Yeah, well, I suppose a, from a personal perspective, first of all, it was it was always a, a big deal in my eyes and hadn't faded away. The 2001 tour was probably the one for me that really got me into the game. And um, I have strong memories of Brian O'Driscoll and Jason Robinson um, and thinking the Lions should have won that tour. I thought the 2009 one in, in South Africa as well was another brilliant test series. And having looked back to those games very recently, um, all the more so, it was really brutal. There was a nasty edge to it, ferociously um, competitive and so much massive uh, contact in all those games. Uh, the Lions obviously letting it slip in that second test famously. Um, but brilliant games of rugby between what were the world champions then and, and a touring side. Um, and you would expect something similar again this time. It's set up in the same way. The the box come off their World Cup win. The Lions um, with some real quality talent that we're going to discuss here. And yeah, I do think the concept has... I don't know. I suppose that, that there'll always be protests against it. And it is. Look, it is about money as well. But I think the way even the players still talk about it, you, you kind of almost expected that to fade away, that they'd be even more focused on their club um, and their national team and, and getting the, the financial gain of those things. There is financial gain in playing for the Lions, of course, but I think there is also that um, there's that ambition of playing at this very highest level as, as players see it. Um, there is something still quite romantic about it, I think, and it is a very unique part of rugby that I really love. Um, I can't wait for this tour. I think 
to to bring four nations together like like the Lions does and um, have that kind of dream team element of it is really it's just cool and it's fun and and it makes for brilliant rugby generally as well. So yeah, I think the concept at the moment is is pretty healthy. Bernard, I think from a player's perspective, generally speaking, they have to be careful when they're asked about sort of what means more and things like that. And uh, it's probably not even a fair question, but for an Ireland player, for example, they're going to say that representing Ireland, pulling on the green jersey, etc., is the apex of the sport. This is what they dreamt of doing as a kid and so on, which is true. But there is, to a degree, a greater honour in being selected as a British and Irish Lion, is there not? Oh yeah, absolutely. I think uh, I don't know. I, I've heard players um, publicly, you know, say that it is the greatest accolade. I know they need to be careful, but I think uh, privately in dress rooms, um, it does mean an, uh, something extra special. Um, and obviously, comes around every four years. They're all very aware of the history of it. It's an opportunity to to come together and try and be one of the big Southern Hemisphere teams. And um, it definitely has a huge, I suppose, level of importance and. And recognition in a in 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 pro environments and even guys who have a hundred caps for their countries, um, they still get excited about the possibility of 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 making a, a Lions team. And then obviously when they make a Lions team, you know there's that kind of differential. Are you a Lions test player? Kind of like the All Blacks. Are you, you know did you tour with the All Blacks or did you get on the field and and become a, a real All Black? And uh, um, and I think certainly probably the Clive Woodward one where he brought so many players, um. Probably in, in in some ways maybe degraded or or, or um, diminished the the aura of the of the Lions and that's why the Lions Test player um, is again probably a significant step up and and what they're all reaching for and 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 want to want to be part of. Yeah, well, inspired by Clive's uh, error <laughs> in two thousand and five, we're going to limit you guys to basically three loose heads, three hookers, three tight heads, and then five locks. Although. Obviously, gents, feel free to make an amendment there if you want to go with, say, one less back roll when we discuss that next week or whatever. Fire away. But we'll kick off then with Lucid. Start with you, Bernard. Um, who was your first name in there? And uh, were there any out of your three, let's say, that would have been nailed on as nearly guaranteed starters at this juncture? Look, at the moment for me, Makov Vunapola um, would be be my idea of the, of the starting um, starting prop and I know he, he didn't play um, he hasn't played his form isn't isn't really relevant in terms of the last three or four months or or, or this this season but I just think that when he is on fire um, he's probably surpassed even Keen Healy who you know who I who I have a huge amount of respect for um, I just think he's probably the complete complete player and um, you know Eddie Jones is got him really fit or sorry not just Eddie Jones but Eddie Jones and Saracens have built up a huge amount of uh, I suppose uh, stamina in, in his game he always had that power element um, but he is you know he, you see what he did to Ireland last year you know he was over 20 tackles um, his, his power with the ball his penalty count is very low his scrummaging um, it's not unbelievably destructive but uh, he, he tends to get on the right side of referees and, and he is um, able to get whatever angle he wants up and uh, you know for me I think in a year's time I think Mako will be I, I think he'll be nailed on to be starter to be honest I think you probably have him as well Murray is he your starter from this juncture looking forward yeah I think at his very best he is the best loose head in my eyes I think he's the most complete he can play he's a ball handler as well as Bernard says that work rate that he's built is just phenomenal he's a guy who nearly completes games at this stage you could leave him on there for 80 minutes and, and we've seen that in the past um, I do think to be fair to Joe Marler I think he's been excellent in the last year with England a guy who retired from Test Rugby obviously in what September 2018 and came back at Eddie Jones request I think Eddie Jones recognised that he needed him um, and even said afterwards that he, he should have started Joe Marler in the final. He, I think that was one of his uh, um, regrets in terms of selection. Marler was excellent in the World Cup and in, in the Six Nations this year, I thought was excellent again. Obviously, that massive blot on his on his record of uh, the 10-week ban for uh, like fondling Alan Wynne-Jones' genitals. And I think people probably have question marks around him in, in that regard and that side of his game. But if you actually look at what he's doing on the rugby pitch, uh, aside from that, he's been absolutely excellent. Really solid set piece. He's a brilliant uh, tackler. He's really consistent in that area. Pretty solid on the, on the ball. Probably goes 
unnoticed because it's often in those kind of congested areas um, and obviously he has a lot of a lot of experience he'll be he'll be what, 31 on the next tour um Makovunapol will be 30 at that stage so I genuinely think Marler will will be there and pushing Makovunapol as well have you got Marler in your three Bernard yeah he is he, he's definitely in there in terms of ability I would have a a concern around um as his discipline um and that would be a worry for me but um I mean, Gats, Gats wouldn't really be afraid of being able to manage him either. Um, and I do think he is, he's a very, very good player. Um, and yeah, I, I could see both English loose heads um, traveling really. Uh, he, he was in mine, he was in mine and I had, he was actually in mine as third choice and I had Killer, Killer as second choice, which um, might sound a little bit uh, stupid because he's not nailed on as, as starter for Ireland. But I just think that, Gats will look at um, impact off the bench and, um, you know, with Keane's hip injury, we don't know what's going to happen there. But if 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 Kilcoyne could get great minutes for Ireland, you know, between now and, and, and the next and the Lions tour, um, I could see him, you know, being a, a really explosive player off the off the bench um, for for the Lions. Yeah, Killer, like he is... Uh... May I, I suppose maybe some people will see it as an unusual choice, but over the coming I don't know twelve thirteen months, he might himself be nailed on. We don't know. I guess there's an element of this where we're forecasting. Did you have Kilcoin in yours, Murray in your three? No, I didn't. But I definitely considered him and probably Ellis Genge for similar reasons for that impact. Um, obviously Ellis Genge another one who you might have those worries about discipline and and stuff. He's a very interesting character off the field. Actually, I think he's. A kind of kind of candid very honest uh, character and I think we should probably welcome that in the game a bit but um, an explosive carrier really good around the pitch he's worked hard in scrummaging himself and Kilcoyne would give you that impact um, but I actually went for my third choice I had the two English guys I think they'll be the starter on the bench and then I went for Rory Sutherland Scotland who I'm kind of I'm giving into my recency bias with this definitely um, obviously he made his debut back in 2016 with, with Scotland and then he had a massive injury um, kind of tore his adductor off the, the hip bone, a pretty nasty one where he ended up in a, a wheelchair even and, and lost over a year of his career. There's a really good interview with him on, um, on Rugby Pass by Jamie Lyle. It's worth checking out. So he's kind of had to come back from that point and in the last year, he's he's really done so. He's playing with this kind of hunger of someone who's making up for lost time. I thought he brought a really kind of brutal edge in contact for Scotland in the Six Nations, something that they've probably been missing that that edge up front and even against Ireland I thought he was superb he doesn't have that bank of uh, kind of experience at the top level he's only got seven caps um, and as I say this is a very recent kind of surge but I think he's probably a player who's on the up he's 27 now and, and he'll be 28 um, obviously hard to leave Keen Healy out he'll be 33 by the time they tour and I think he is playing really consistent rugby with with Leinster in particular and, and also with Ireland really um, obviously not as like he doesn't have those kind of standout moments maybe that he had in, in former times where he'd be running over people etc um, or, or as we remember it but he's really consistent with his carrying his tackling solid in the scrum and loads of energy off the ball I think Leinster's demands for fitness have been really good for him as well so uh, this is quite a competitive area but yeah I went for Sutherland in the end um, and you also got a bit of Scottish influence there as well Always nice to have a Scott or two for sure Bernard Healy is an interesting one in that he hasn't been uh, performing badly, as Murray says, uh, particularly for Leinster. He's been motoring along nicely. And yet uh, there was probably a, a growing consensus or at least a, a bit of a feeling among several people I would have been speaking to and probably from what I read as well that Kilcoyne arguably should have been starting for Ireland just based on his form for Munster. He's probably been Munster's player, best player over the past 12 months. Incredible ball, ball carrier, as you guys note. Uh, do you foresee a potential changing of the guard there whenever something like the Six Nations does come to fruition again in the next 12 months? Look, I think it was definitely, well, obviously, he, you know, Kikoyan would have started against against Italy and, and probably against France, and that would have been a, a great, I suppose, launch pad for him to, to show what he can do. Definitely, I, I think that um, it was getting closer. Uh, now, the thing about Keane Healy is whenever he's been under pressure before or... Um, under the pump or, or being doubted he's found a way to to bounce back and bring his game to to another level um i'd have absolutely no issue if he was if he was part of the the three loose heads uh, traveling but i just think 
to beat the box down there, you you know you need to bring someone who's a specialist impact player, or you need yeah in your in your rotation. So for me, I'd have no issues with Marler and and Mako being you know your starters, um, but someone like Kilcoyne being on the bench ahead of one of those just for that you know 25 20 minutes um where you need real energy because i think going down there um you know razzy's done an incredible job you know they're world world champions um you know it's some of the games might be it would be at altitude you just need guys who who can bring massive energy so what lou said bernard you've gone with mako kilcoin and joe marler murray you've gone yeah marler bunapola rory sutherland that's right, yeah. I th- uh, like you'd, you'd almost love to see Keane Healy do it because obviously in 2013, when he went on the tour, he had that ankle injury early on. 2017, he was still kind of on the way back from the, the kind of nerve issue from the neck surgery in his hand. So he wasn't really in contention, but he's he's back closer to his best. But yeah, I think Gallon might just edge towards that, that more explosive or mobile I suppose prop. Another one in- interesting maybe, I don't know what you think, Birch, is, is Reese Carey who Gats obviously brought to the World Cup, um, having only like very little experience, and he's only twenty two, I think now. What you made? What have you made of him at, at test level? Yeah, he's he's very similar to um, like coin in that he is very explosive. Uh, you know, he was lacking opportunities. He didn't really get many opportunities in the Blues. Uh, his scrummaging would be something that's, I suppose, in transition. It's, it's definitely not at the level yet, but Gats. Uh, took a flyer on him and brought him to the World Cup, and he has huge potential. I mean, he could become, you know, a 60-70 a, a cap international for Wales, um, and that's that's part of the reason I think Gats wanted to to bring him through because he saw the long term potential there. So yeah, if he can if he can develop over you know the next while, I mean, he would suit the the Wayne Pivak style of play that. Um, you know that he obviously used the scarlets that he seems to be trying to trying to implement at international level. Um, so yeah, he could be a bit of a bolter, really. Even though you know, obviously we know about him. I do, I, you know, I did look at Sutherland um, as well, and I do really like him. Uh, and I just felt, yeah, I just felt maybe he won't get the opportunity, and probably that's why Care as well or Carry as well that you know by the time the world this comes around, they might not just have enough. Top top end uh, rugby under the belt uh, because uh, and that that will be I think Gats will definitely pull a bit of a you know a few rabbits out of hats but he might even go for someone who hasn't been capped at all you know uh, <laughs> but he won't go for many of them he won't go for many of them you know and uh, uh, definitely he's a talented player and he could come true to be you know a really strong contender in in, in twelve months time. Any more nearly men there, or are we okay to move on to Hooker? Did you have anybody else Birch along with sort of uh, Genge and who was the last one? Sorry, the Welsh. Uh... Carry. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I I had a little bit of a look at Rob Evans, um, and uh, his form recently has has kind of dropped out, uh, dropped off a little bit, uh, and I just didn't think. He he was a complete package, a good ball player, um, you know, and again someone who probably. Benefit from the the style of play of Scarlets, which was you know really shift the point of contact, and um you know he was often a, a passer and a distributor in, in in their system, but probably when it comes to the nuts and bolts of you know test level, um abrasive loose heads, he, he's probably just a little bit behind. So um he was the only other one I really considered to be honest. Hooker then is an interesting one. It's certainly a position in Ireland which is in flux. Uh, who would you select in your former position, Bernard, as starter at the moment? I'm going to go for Ken Owens. And I, I, it's kind of on a hunch that um, he'll get himself right. Uh, and he, I think Gats has huge time for him. I think he's a leader. Um, he's obviously you know, been there, been a starting hooker for, for the Lions before and performed really well. And um, I just think, uh, you know, himself and, and Alan Wynne-Jones, um, you know, they've just signed a new deals with where, you know, 80% of their salary is covered by, um, by the WRU. Um, and I just think that they won't be overplayed um, for, their, for their regions. Um, obviously, they're going to come out of this COVID-19 uh, having, uh, you know, had a big break on their bodies. And I think, you know, some of those... Some of those guys who who have a lot of miles in the block um, will probably unusually and, and given the circumstances and maybe what's happening in terms of their their contract situation, they will be able to prioritise getting themselves ready for X number of games next year, which will be far less than 
would normally be demanded on a in an international uh, year or two years going into a, a Lions tour. So I, I, I would trust that Ken Owens will have himself in, in phenomenal shape. And I think on his day, at the moment, he is probably better than anyone else. Um, you know, I, I, I rate Jamie George massively, but I'm kind of factoring in... Um, you know, he's staying with Saracens. I know you could say, you know, that he'll be able to pick and choose his games as well, but I, I do think Owens has a little bit more about him than, than Jamie George. Um, and, uh, yeah, so Ken Owens is, is my starter in, in at the moment. Owens is a slightly superior player to George for you as well, Murray? I'd, I'd edge towards Jamie George. I actually left Ken Owens uh, off my tour narrowly. Uh, that'll wow. be a controversial one. But uh, I thought Jamie George as a starting hooker uh, I think he's really consistent before, and like I'm, I'm not disputing what Birch has said about Ken Owens he's a brilliant player he'll be 34 obviously and that break obviously w- will do him well but I think George's consistency solidity he's so reliable brilliant line out thrower I think he's got lovely variety on those darts he can kind of fire to the tail he can loft it over those jumpers at the front he's mobile he's good out in the 15 metre channels I think as well and and obviously can carry aggressively as well when, when it's a, a tighter game. Uh, has passing and offloading skills too. I, I think he was really good in 2017. He obviously started all three tests at that stage and ha- a key guy for Saracens in, in their successes. Obviously a, a, an important player for England as well. And he'll only be 30 when they're going on tour. So I have him in my head right now as as the starting hooker. Um, yeah, and the other two guys I went for were Luke Cowan-Dickey, who's the backup for England. I think he's been brilliant especially for Exeter and this season in particular in the Champions Cup I think we really saw him fully kind of realise his potential Um, like he was a brilliant under 20 player for England he played two years in a row and and they won a a World Cup in 2013 he kind of stood out for his mullet as much as his play at that stage but he's really come uh, come through in in all aspects of his game he's a ruthless enough chop tackler um, really relentless on the ball and he's got offloading ability and a bit of X factor about him he's also probably one of the best jackling players in, in European rugby really at this stage um, and that's a really big green tick alongside his name so I actually think he's a good bench hooker and, and my third was was Ronan Catter who you're taking massive punt here really I suppose and, and although it's not a massive punt I think he's shown enough with Leinster and, and Ireland this season to, to suggest that he's going to keep improving and, and belongs at this level already he's obviously a phenomenal athlete really dynamic he's got the agility and pace really of a back row and, and have, having played obviously in, in the back line when he's younger his skill set at the set piece probably needs that bit of improvement that's understandable for a guy who's only 22 still um, but I just think his that athleticism that power the size really the ability to kind of <clears throat> thump people in, in, in tackles and he also has that jackling awareness as well I think he's really good as the, the kind of second player in kind of anchoring the guy making the turnover he's, he's clever in that regard as well um, and has shown that his, his ball handling ability is is right up there as well so I think he's one that'll improve um, maybe a bit of a bolter but um, yeah it is probably harsh leaving Ken Owens who many people have <laughs> including Birch as their starter out of the squad oh, uh, I think Murray Murray doesn't realise you can't go on lines tour without the sheriff <laughs> you know you need a sheriff for your for your, for your court sessions no, no, in either. fairness it, yeah exactly well Rory won't get it this time but uh, look at I, I think as well I'm probably factoring in a little bit of the um, of the personality and character of of Ken as well and I just think I think what Gatlin has probably um, really embraced is the importance of people who are good tourists and and this is something that's you know hard to um i suppose hard to uh measure but he he is a phenomenal tourist and and i think um that i think that will play a little bit of a part as well and help the whole you know group bond and i think as well i mean you know you know you're not pick non-english players in this uh in this <laughs> murray so <laughs> i i do really like luke Cowan dickie as well but um i just don't uh, i i i think that I think Ken Owens will go on tour, um, and uh, you know for sure Jamie George is 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 phenomenal uh, uh, player, and, and maybe maybe Kevin Dickey will go as well. I went for McNally as my my bolter, you know, um, from Scotland. I just think again it's kind of like the killer, um, the killer selection. If you're gonna go 
with one wild card or one one um, bolter for each position who's purely that replacement uh, type player. Um, I just thought he he is a he's a he's still a work in progress, but um, he has got some some real X factor, and I really like Keller as well. And I think you know Keller could easily um, with with some game time for Ireland um, and obviously playing at the hopefully knockout stages and uh, in the big games for for Leinster, um, he could prove to be. Warrant a place on on the plane, but uh, I went for I went for Ken Owens, Jamie George, and McNally. And the and the thing is, like, like Allen is the head coach; he's the one picking. And I think you're you're I think you're right in terms of I think Ken Owens will go, um, because Allen knows exactly what he brings, and and that is an advantage, I suppose. And he he's been on big tours before, and he's obviously delivered at the highest level of of Test rugby. And and the age thing probably is sometimes maybe not as relevant, particularly when you've maybe got other hookers there who can um play maybe more minutes and and you can manage your squad that way coming into the the test series as well so yeah i i do think ken, ken owens will probably go but for me the other three guys just very hard to leave out bernard yeah, you know no, when you're talking about being a good tourist i i can have the impression of somebody like andy powell based on like uh that the lions dvd from 2009 and being just a great character yeah. like loads <laughs> of hashtag bants but what actually constitutes being a good tourist in the eyes of fellow players is it about having a, a kind of a fun personality or is it a, a mixture of like being a bit of crack and also knowing what went to shut the hell up as well like and, and not be a dose Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, no. I mean, um, there's some people who, like, even say Marler, for example. Marler might be—he's obviously quite funny and stuff, but probably having spending six weeks with him might be by too much for some people, you know. So, um, Andy Powell, in fairness, yeah, for sure, he's great crack, and he's not afraid to, um, I suppose, make fun of himself and and uh, you know, be the be the butt of the jokes for sure. And and for sure, he's someone who was a good tourist, but he was still on. He was. He was performing at a very high level at the time. He had that power game that um, we've taken for granted now um, when we when we look at our back rowers. But at the time, it wasn't always that pre- prevalent. So um, I think what Ken owns is he's just a really good character. So he's a really likable fella, um, and he's just he's kind of where where the fun is, you know, in in a, in a team, whether that's Scarlets, whether that's Wales, or from what I've led to believe, you know, the Lions. And he's good at mixing with others. He doesn't stay in a clique. Um, He's good with a few points. He's good with the sing songs, um, and like that. Gatlin's tours, you know, uh, the nights out and 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 the uh, and the team sessions are are part of it. So you do need to have characters in 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 the in the room and in the dressing room, and and you do need also to have the really diligent, you know, professional, serious uh, side of it. But one or two guys like Ken Owens can actually just spark that bit of fun and and relieve pressure at the at the right time. But also, as you say. You know he knows Gatlin well enough. He knows that this is a very serious uh, um, challenge. Uh, you know international test rugby. So he also is able to um, you know to cop on and shut up when the time is right. And I think that's what you need. And that's why if you look at someone like Gatlin, you know in his time in Wales, um, his time in Was, you know um, he tends to stick with staff who he knows really well and he can really trust. And I think. You know, if you look when he when he goes to 2021, obviously he's been he'll be away from the European game. He'll come back in. He will go to those guys um, that have been there and done that for him before, and he can really trust in, in certain positions and maybe give them the benefit of the doubt. You know, if their form isn't top class, um, but knows that you know on a on a six or seven week tour to South Africa, um, they will step up and uh, and and you know get to the level that they need to. Will you kick us off there, so with Tighthead Bernard? Who have you got starting on that opposite side of the front row? Uh, I've gone with Sinclair, um, which uh, is controversial enough, maybe from an Irish point of view. But I just think, at the moment, um, his game is on a, an upward trajectory. Uh, you know, I spoke to someone involved in, in Bristol. And obviously, they've signed him for next year because they see him as the next John Afoa, you know, and 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 John Afoa is isn't. Isn't still is an outstanding uh, rugby player, but um, probably was the top tight head in the world um, for four or five years in terms of all around play. Maybe not out and out scrummaging, but I think Sinclair um, is is on the way towards getting there. And I think another twelve months in his development, um, you know, he's a he's a really good athlete. He's a, he's a really good pro. He's a really good honest player, a good scrummager, um, and is developing really well. I think Matt Proudfoot's influence in England. 
um, during the Six Nations, I've, I've seen slight changes to, to Sinclair's setup, and, and I think it's even better than it was. Um, and, uh, you know, while Ty Furlong has been there, done that, and, 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 and maybe on Ty's very best, he's he's got a little extra layer than Kyle. Um, at the moment, I, I think I think in 12 months' time, you know, Kyle is going to have another body of work under his belt and, and might just be in that might just have less miles in the clock to be able to go and do it for 60 minutes, you know? Um, so he's, he's my selection with a difficult one because, you know, I think I, I, I've had unbelievable time for Ty, but I think on form at the moment and what Ty, what Sinclair could be like in 12 months time, I've gone for him. Murray, your choice. Yeah. Uh, same as Birch in this regard. And it is a close one. Uh, obviously these are the two starting and, and bench tight from the last tour as well. And Carl Sinclair was, probably a, a clearer second choice at that stage. Furlong was kind of at his peak. Um, they are the same age and they'll both be 28 on, on this tour in, in, in next year. But I, I agree. I think Sinclair is just impossible to ignore right now. Um, and with that scope to, to continue improving, he's worked hard on, I suppose, that mental side of his game and the the hot-headedness. You remember on that line store, even when he won that winning penalty in the second test, he had to kind of be pulled back from maybe getting it overturned. But he, he's worked hard on that and he, definitely seems a lot more mature he's a brilliant passer of the ball as well I love his uh, skill set in that regard and everything else that, that Birch mentioned it's a brilliant challenge for Tyke Furlong over the next year and he has like he has been good he's been really excellent for Leinster I think in the Six Nations he so, showed signs of getting back towards his best even with Ireland um, you, you see the work rate off the ball and how hard he's um, trying to improve his game that way he's gone into the leadership group as well so they're kind of pushing him to be maybe more mature in that regard and and contribute on a maybe a higher level to how Ireland are playing and and what they're doing off the pitch as well in the squad. That'll be really good for him as well. He's obviously a, a brilliant player, really solid scrummager, really agile for a tight head as well. He's not generally not a weakness in defence, even in kind of seemingly exposed positions where you might think other tight head props would get beaten. Um, and he he does have that passing game. I think they can he and Leinster and Ireland can push that a bit more and get those skill levels right back up there and, and the confidence in his game to use those tip-on passes that he's more than capable of and, and and moving the ball a little bit more as well. So that's going to be a brilliant battle, I think. But those two guys as starting and, and replacing tight end, that's a, a, a real strength, I think, for the Lions. And, and you've got a really nice combination there, as you probably will at loose head as well. Is it a confidence thing, Bernard, that has seen Furlong somewhat stagnate or at least not necessarily kick on over the last uh, year or two in terms of his performance? Like, 2018, we were talking about him as being literally one of the best players in the world, throw position out the window. Uh, I don't think he's quite in that bracket at the moment based on form. Obviously, we're still fully aware of what he's capable of doing at his best, as you say. But where have have those little drop-offs in his performance been, uh, to your mind? Yeah, look, I think... um Sometimes, sometimes I think well during the Six Nations a little bit. Um, looking back at the Scotland game, um, I just seemed he's a little bit over, impatient in his in some of his scrummaging. You know, maybe looking to be too dominant uh, and and not getting that right picture for for the referee. And, um, and that, so that's that's something that's just maybe crept in, and that could be just frustration to be honest. I mean, he's you know he's part of the leadership group now. Um, that's obviously a new thing for him. You know, obviously he's got a a, a really you know, um, impressive book of, of experience and and performance, and uh, you know maybe just adapting to that, and obviously frustrated with the Irish World Cup, and and looking maybe to just take on a little bit too much himself uh, at scrum time, and um, you know while he is a you know a phenomenally talented scrummager, you know it's about acting as a unit, so it, that's probably factored in a little bit. I, I agree with Murray. I think um, his work rate has hasn't dropped off. You know he's he's hungry, he's energetic, um, but just you know, I didn't think his scrummaging was as good in the Six Nations um, as it, it can be. And, and again, I, I, I'm putting some of that down to him maybe trying to be too dominant, which, you know, you don't want to take that out of players, but you do have to, to go as a work as a unit. And I suppose also I'm just, you know, the English pack and the English from five together are, are, are so good and so dominant. It's probably a little bit easier for Sinclair to, to maybe look you know, look a little bit better, but um, I, I do think Tiger's just look at very few players' careers are just staying on a cons- consistent upward trajectory. There's always little little drop offs, and, and the drop off the Tiger's going through, you know, still has him in in the top three tight heads, um, in you know in our in our minds to go on a, a British and Irish selection, and probably he'd be still the top five 
top five tight ends in the world on performance. It's just he was number one. Um, and I've no doubt that he'll get back to that because, uh, and I think it's probably been more a little bit around the, the Irish team in general for trying to trying to find their way. Um, because I think some of his performances for Leinster have been have been excellent. So uh, he's not a million miles away. Um, but. Part of it is, I mean, if we, you know, let's go back to 2018. If you pick a Lions team, then it's it's underpinned with Irish players, um, and everyone looks better in a in a team that's performing, you know, at, at their absolute maximum. Um, and at the moment, Ireland aren't, and uh, and Tig is probably suffering a little bit from that. And 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 but you know, again, I, I would reiterate the key fundamentals in terms of his attitude and um, his work rate and energy are, are there, and they're, they're still very strong. Um, just a concern for me, or the the only area that I would was, was probably would knock him back a few points would have been probably in terms of the Irish scrum hasn't um, hasn't continued at the level or uh, that we know it can be at. Fair enough. Safely assuming you're both bringing Furlong, then uh, Murray, who have you got as your third choice at tight end? I found this actually really difficult, and there was it was really even across a, a number of guys. Um, I've gone for Andrew Porter in the end because he has that little bit of physical X factor. Um, another guy who's brilliant at the breakdown, like obviously still learning as a tight head, and and the versatility actually is probably handy enough on a on a, a long tour and um, being able to cover loose head went for him. But I think it, like a number of guys could have Xander Fagerson was. Obviously, very close. He's going to be very close to it. Um, he's really, um, again, fulfilling his potential at the age of 24 now. He's really mobile. His fitness levels have gone through the roof, I think. Um, and he's bringing a bit more of that edge as well, along with Sutherland for, for Scotland up front, which w- was needed, as we said. I think he'll definitely be right in that mix. Um, Dylan Lewis, maybe with Wales, as, as a way to go. Birch will tell you more about his scrummaging and set piece, but he's definitely shown his potential. He's really mobile. Again, a breakdown threat. Will Stewart even is coming through with England and looks to be a, a decent scrummager. He had a good day against Ulster. I remember up in Kingspan watching him there. Um, but yeah, I just went for Porter in the end because he can bring a bit of that explosive power maybe off the bench if, if you're looking at him for, for, for that kind of thing. Your selection there, Bernard? Yeah, I've gone, I've gone completely the opposite for, for my third choice tight head as I have for I would say my third choice loose head and hooker who I, I kind of put in as a as an impact player I think when you have Furlong and Sinclair you've got you know two really good footballers two really powerful explosive um, athletes and I don't think you need a third one I think I think your your choice for your third choice tight head given that you're going to South Africa um, you're looking for just that size and, and I suppose solidity so I've gone for for Tom Francis um yeah as just a different profile you know a set piece specialist just a big man who can anchor that that scrum um he, he gives you plenty you know in the tight around the field he's not as explosive um as the two lads but I, I just think you know if the scrum is going to be absolutely massive you know I think whoever's the scrum coach for it would be saying to, to Gats, look at, you know, we have our two explosive um, options. Wouldn't it be nice to just have, you know, that, as I said, that anchor. Um, I think Dylan Lewis is, is, is going to be a, a very good player. I think the wild card would be someone like Leon Brown, you know, who I had in the Dragons, yeah. uh, who's kind of like um, Reese Carey and that, you know, he, he's a he's a phenomenal athlete. But I, I think that'll come one lines tour uh, too early for him. And, I, and again, it's just a little hunch I have, but... It's someone like Tom Francis, who's your kind of old-fashioned uh, tight head. You know, he's 128 kilos. Um, he's in a good environment in Exeter. Gats knows what he can get out of him. Um, and, he, he, you know, he's an out-and-out scrummager. So um, that's the one I went with. It could be miles off, but I, I just, looking at it, I thought that if you're going to go for a different profile um, in any position, it's probably tight head. And that's because you have two other guys ahead of him who are, you know, I said out-and-out. 60 70 minutes or 80 minute players if you need them Murray any regrets there now that you've heard that from Bernard <laughs> well I should have said I should have said at the very start I've never been near a scrum in my life so just discount all of my uh, <laughs> like meandering <laughs> thoughts on these uh, props so yeah that that definitely makes sense and actually when it comes to the second row I was kind of thinking that way as well you're, you're in South Africa and you need some big solid units in that regard um, no that definitely makes sense and, and it does give a bit more variety to your to your tight head options but uh, I'll stick with Andrew Porter he can change it, change things up maybe <laughs> well just before we go on to lock so we'll, we'll round off uh, your front rows or rather I'll reel them off as you've selected them so Bernard at Lou said you've gone 
Marco Vunapola, Dave Kilcoyne, Joe Marler. At hooker, you've got Ken Owens, Jamie George, and Stuart McAnally. And tight head, Kyle Sinclair, Tyke Furlong, and Tom Francis. And Murray, at loose head, you've gone for Joe Marlowe. Jar- Joe Marler, rather, Marco Vunapola and Rory Sutherland. Hookers, Jamie, George, Luke Kowandicki and Ronan Keller. And tight head, Kyle Sinclair, Tyke Furlong, Andrew Porter. So plenty of variety there. Let's put you on and the spot, Gav. Who, who's your starting front uh, front three? Murray, you know I don't like to disagree with Bernard Jackman. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd be wise to defer to his wisdom in that particular area for now. Uh, so locks... We've got five selections to make, or you've got five selections each to make. I'm expecting uh, maybe a couple more similar names in this one, but I'm sure you'll have one or two that uh, differ. Bernard, starting with yourself, um, if you want to specify as to where you're starting them, uh, you know, loose head lock and tight head lock as as it kind of goes these days, please do, but also not necessary. Uh, So who are your two starting locks to begin with? Um, Maro Toje and Alan jones um are my two starters i think toje uh he's he is phenomenal um and he just has such a big impact on games um the energy he brings the uh his line out has improved a huge amount he used to just be a you know a really good athlete um now i can see his his defensive line at work his, his speed on the ground i think steve bortwick has had a a big influence on him and um you know, I would I would go with him and and Alwyn Jones. I think Alwyn Jones would probably be captain. Um, and again, I just with the kind of Ospreys, you know, demise and and probably not well, they're not going to be in. I don't think they're going to be in Europe uh, in the Champions Cup. Um, I just think you know it, it's kind of like someone preparing for an Olympics. I think he he's an unbelievable competitor. Um, you know, and I think he will get himself to the. To the Lions tour, um, on form, be captain and so be an automatic starter, and and, and to be honest, his, his play is good enough to start as well. I think, you know, there's lots of fellas trying to trying to take overtake him, but um, I just don't see any of them being able to do that. I, I, I like speaking to people like Richard Hibbard and stuff who've played and trained with him. Apparently, like I mean, you know, he's like Zinzan Brook was. You know, if you played him in a game of table tennis, you know, uh, between sessions. He absolutely had to win. Every single training session is is full on. He just has that innate competitiveness, and um, you know he's continuing to play with a view to being hopefully captain of the Lions. And um, I see him getting there in in, in great shape, and and uh, his injury profile is very very good as well. Um, and uh, it's only this year he's had had a little bit of a break after the Six Nations, but uh, actually after the World Cup, um, he didn't play a lot between that and and the Six Nations. But that was I think more around you know make making sure he has that longevity so for me they're they're the two standout guys and you know james ryan obviously have huge respect for him um and i think he's you know he's a phenomenal player on his day but i just i've yet to see him get to the the, the level of those two interesting murray yeah I'm, have you got i'm i'm well relieved that i've gone exactly the same um with Atoje and alan win jones who i think will be a brilliant tour captain on on his fourth tour Massive experience. Totally agree. I think, like, the, the reason maybe with, with um, Ken Owens, I, I, I don't think he's clearly better than those other hookers, but I think Alan Wynne-Jones is clearly better. Um, I think he's got the most complete game. If you think about it, like, he's going to be 35, but this break obviously will, will help. He came back to the Six Nations after kind of extended break after the World Cup. He was healing up a few injuries. I think it probably did take him a little bit of time to get right up to those fitness levels that he usually brings, but... When he is at that level, he, he brings everything. You know, he hammers rocks. He's clever in the line out. All the nuts and bolts stuff is really good. He's got that offloading game as well. He's he's a, a big presence. He's got that, um, maybe something similar to, to Paul O'Connell in, in that presence and of like strength of personality as well. I think he'd be a brilliant captain, especially on a tour against the box where it's going to be so confrontational, so aggressive up front. Um, you're going to have to have those really hard men um, standing up to it. Now, James Ryan, I'm not saying he isn't that, but <clears throat> I agree. I think he's a, a brilliant world-class player, one of the first names on Ireland's team uh, team sheet, but I think he can get better. I think he can push his handling, his offloading, which he had maybe when he was a younger player. We haven't quite seen it. He's, you know, his, his role, I suppose, with Ireland is to smash tackles, smash rucks, and make those really good carries with that low body position of his in close to rucks, and, and he does that absolutely brilliantly. I think it'll be a very close call, but... Um, I think Jones brings that 
uh, that nous, that experience and, and that leadership in a team and, and knowing what happened in 2009, having been there for that tour and, and being able to draw on that experience as well as obviously the relationship with, with Gatlin, the, the head coach and, and Gatlin will know exactly how to manage him throughout that tour. Agree on it, Toje. It's been brilliant watching him get rid of that kind of ill-disciplined edge as well where he gave up silly maul defence penalties and things like that. He plays right on the boundary and like it obviously frustrates Ireland fans when they're playing against England but he's just a nightmare a horrible man to play against um, and a brilliant guy to have in your team for that reason pushing the edge ultra dynamic he works really hard like his rock stats are always really high um, and he's obviously so dynamic as well um, That they're three brilliant locks but yeah I'd go with Toje and Jones in, in the starting team and just to get it concretely Murray Jones is your captain as well yeah, he is. So I think he'd be brilliant in, in that role. Uh, with all the understanding of what a Lion story is and um, obviously massively respected by, by everyone, he, he'd kind of mentor and guide the younger players, I think, as well. Um, yeah, I think he'd be a brilliant captain. Bernard, the rest of your locks, I guess James Ryan is one of them, if we're being realistic. Yeah. Who are your other two, then? Yeah. Um, this is really diff- This is Yeah, this is a different one. So I'm kind of going for uh, Johnny Gray, um, you know, he missed Six Nations going to Exeter. Um, I can see him, you know, getting back to the level he was at. He's still, still a young player. He'd be there, thereabouts. And then I'm torn between him or, and then one of Courtney Laws and Ian Henderson or leaving out Johnny Gray and going for Ian Henderson, Courtney Laws. Um, I think Laws will travel for sure as either a lock or a six. Um, uh, I've been really impressed by by his development as a six. To be honest, I didn't know, I didn't think four or five years ago that you know he could be a world class six. But um, the role he plays in England uh, as a six is 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 very impressive. It obviously gives you that you know really well established line out option. Um, and I think Henderson Henderson can can do that too. You know he can be that that guy uh, that that does both um, pretty well. But Henderson's probably more of a a speculative one in terms of getting back to that form that we know we had. You know, he's toured with the Lions before. Um, he is a power athlete. Um, you know, he's versatile. Uh, and I think, you know, um, if Johnny Gray doesn't hit the heights that he, he can get back to, potentially it's Henderson and, and, and Courtney Laws, James Ryan, Toje and Alan Wynne-Jones. Um, and as I said, one of those is giving you, or both of those are giving you, Two of them are giving you a lock lock options as well, which is Henderson and Laws. So you're at a push, you'd be saying Laws and Henderson. Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. But I'd be, you know, I I would be respectful of of Johnny Gray, and I think he'll thrive in in Exeter, and I think he'll be I think he'll be right up there, and potentially could squeeze out Henderson. I don't think he'll squeeze out Laws, um, but could potentially squeeze out Henderson. Murray, your thoughts on your remaining two locks? Yeah, I went for someone maybe very different in George Cruz. Um, who was on the last tour as well, he's going to be, what, 31 come this tour. But I kind of saw him as that big lump of a, a lock. And you even saw in the World Cup final at halftime that Eddie Jones sent him on uh, to try and help shore up that scrum, taking laws off out of the second row. Um, and he's got that line out now. So he's good on restarts. He's even got a grubber kicking game now, as we saw in the, the Six Nations. So he's clearly working hard to improve even even in the latter stages of his career, I think he'd be kind of suited to those big muscular confrontational contests up front. Um, and then I went for Laws just because I, I think Gallon would love to have him on tour smashing people. Um, you know, he can play in the back row as well and he was really good in, in at, uh, uh, the blind side in the Six Nations. He just gives you that um, game-changing ability with some of those big collisions he can bring. One guy I c- considered as a r- massive bolter and we completely out of the blue was Ryan Baird just on the exciting athletic potential he has and if you're going for someone completely out of the blue, if Gats was trying to really mix things up that way he might be uh, one if, if he can improve again next season. Obviously that's a that's coming from a long, long way off but he's only 20 now and obviously light for, for a second row as, as a young guy but uh, he's got a bit of game-changing ability by the looks of things, and he, he might be potentially in the mix. Um, but agree on all the other guys. There, there's quite a few good locks there. Johnny Gray, obviously, is just a mammoth workhorse. He just tackles relentlessly, carries. Um, I think Exeter definitely, Birch is right, they'll bring out the best in him. Henderson, Adam Beard even. Um, Nick Asique, a guy for Saracens, who hasn't been able to get into that England mix consistently. He's been really good for Saris as well. So there's a couple of... Uh, there's quite a few players there competing for those those slots behind maybe the obvious three 
Um, but yeah, went for Cruz and Laws in the end. Were there any more in the mix there for you, Bernard, before we sign off? Just some of those guys that are on the precipice maybe of breaking into that uh, selection. Yeah, yeah, Scott Scott Cummings is is, is decent. Um, the Scottish lock. Um, I I I really I I had thought about Baird. Um, and I, again, if there was more rugby being played, I, like I actually think Baird could yeah. have easily, you know, finished the season as Leinster's first choice with James Ryan, gone on tour in June. Um, you know, cemented that. And come back in September as first choice for Leinster and and pushing Henderson for for Ireland. I mean his his upside is you know uh, potentially a, a, lot, a British and Irish line. Whereas um, you know there's an interesting one um, you know Stuart Lancaster says when he looks at a player in the Leinster academy uh, and thinks about you know whether he should be brought into the senior squad. When he looks at him, he says, "Can that guy?" Um, help us win a European or Heineken Cup, a European Cup, and uh, you know when you look at Ryan Baird, you know the ceiling isn't Heineken Cup. It's like, yeah, can he actually, you know, help Ireland win a win a Six Nations, or can he go on a Lions tour? And I think he can. Um, so, but the reason I left him out in the end was just probably the circumstances we're in at the moment. Um, and but again, you know, if things get back to some kind of normality and there's rugby being played in in, in September, October, even if it's behind closed doors. He is somebody who could pass out, you know, um, you know, the likes of Johnny Gray or or uh, Adam Beard or um, or Neen Henderson, and be a be a really valuable player. And now that I look at that's that's talking about the potential that we see. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't be over. I've seen stranger things happen and someone like him come through and um, and be a bolter because he has that uh, huge athleticism, huge frame, and a huge upside going to be interesting to see how he goes whenever rugby does come back so just to list off your locks before we go gents Bernard you've gone Alan Jones captain Maro Toji James Ryan and at a push Courtney Laws and Ian Henderson although Johnny Gray could figure there yet we reckon and then Murray you've gone Jones captain as well Atoji James Ryan George Cruz and Courtney Laws very nice thank you gents it's been fun thanks Gav thank you Five positions out of the way anyway. We'll be back next week with our middle five. So back rows and halfbacks. And uh, we might see if we can get Andy Dunn involved in that as well. I'm sure he'll have a couple of wildcard selections for us at out half. Maybe draft in Freddie Michelak <laughs> or somebody. Uh, but mind <laughs> yourselves in the meantime. We'll be back as well with a members pod for all the 42 members on Monday, Murray and I. So members.the42.e if you want to get involved there. So until Monday uh, or until Thursday. Take it easy. I don't think we've met before, but I'm the referee on this field. If you're working as an accountant and you lose your job, nobody really notices. Leinster could have me five mil a year, I wouldn't go. <laughs> it is coming on! Robbie, Robbie, weekly. Little reverse pass, and oh!